Welcome to Freedom Now with Peter Asanful. Freedom Now is brought to you by the Spirit Life People, a ministry that focuses on teaching you how to live and walk in the Spirit so that you can manifest Christ's freedom in your life. It is our prayer that you shall be transformed as you receive the word from the Lord today. And now, here's your host, Peter Asanful. God bless you for coming to church. Oh, he didn't say amen. Today we are crowning the year with an important message so that we can look forward into the next month that is coming. This whole month we have been looking at a message of unity. Unity. In the body of Christ. A lot of people are not walking in unity. People are doing their own things. Their hearts are not being guided by the Lord. Every time you do things your own way, you are falling off of the glory. We learn an important thing in that the Greek word for unity. And notice H E N O T it means when you have a relationship with God, you can extend it to others. Oneness with God is the essence of unity if we are not one with the Lord we cannot be united with one another we take our inspiration of unity from God and then we extend so if you are united in character and in nature with the Lord Unity is not a problem for you. Amen. Many people are not working in unity because they are not fully functioning in the oneness with the Lord. But today we're going to have a look at something. I know in the English, uh, one of the synonyms for unity is togetherness. But you see, by the time you go into the words, you realize that there's a slight difference that we must look at so today in wrapping up our, our month of unity we are looking at togetherness togetherness as I said that when you, you look at the word together or togetherness in synonyms you might think the same as unity but there's a slight difference Alright, that is important for us to understand. So turn your Bibles with me, First Corinthians chapter number six. First Corinthians chapter number six. I read from verse number fifteen. My emphasis will be on verse seventeen. But we are looking at verse number 
starting from verse 15. It says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Other versions is prostitute. Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? Or the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. When you become one with the Lord, it says you are one spirit with him. When you join, when you are one with the Lord, okay, and that's where we get the English word together. Oneness. So when you join, you are one with the Lord. Amen. Now, a lot of people, you know, take things for granted. Like we are reading right now, the Bible says that if you take your body and you join it with a halot, say you have become one with her. You see, that is why you don't indiscriminately going around and committing sexual immorality because the more you do it, you know, you are joining yourself with different, 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 different people. And when you think that you are smart, you are not smart. You are rather, you know, depleting yourself. That is why the Bible says if you commit sexual uh, immorality, for example, you sin against your body. Because you, you destroy your body. Because you are joining yourself everywhere. Everyone you sleep with, you have joined yourself. Amen. And then you are destroying your body. But the one that is joined to the Lord, it says that that person is one with him. Now, to achieve unity, we must always be together. You know, or oh, let me put it in this way. The essence of unity is to foster togetherness. That is more appropriate. The essence of unity is to foster togetherness. We cannot be one with the Lord and we are not together with one another. Amen. It is so necessary. Especially as the Lord is coming. As Jesus is coming. You cannot just be isolated. Because the devil is looking for someone to what? To devour. You know, you know the reason some animals they don't move alone. Because when the lions, see the lions when they are attacking, they attack alone. They attack as a pack. Come together. Because they know that if they are alone or one animal is trying, they might be consumed. Most of the animals, they are at, they, the way they attack their prey is to move together. They do that for a reason. Because if they are doing it alone, they might be destroyed. 
They will not do it alone. The moment you isolate yourself from the rest, you have exposed yourself for the devil to come after you. In the body of Christ, you always have to find yourself where God's people are. Together. Amen. So the Greek word for together is homo. Homo. H-O-M-O-U. Homo. And it means to be at the same place and at the same time. Very, very important. Now that I said, there's a slight difference between that and unity in general. Unity is when we, you know, we have oneness with the Lord, a relationship oozing out of our relationship with the Lord, in which we are standing to what? Our neighbor. Now, when we are together, it means that that unity is bringing us to be at one place at the same time. And it's so important. Because as the day of the Lord is drawing close, you cannot afford to be somewhere that God is not there. Amen. God has to be where everyone is. And you have to be where God is. God wants to be among his people. When God says that when we gather in his name, he's there. He's trying to tell us that we must be at one place at a specific time. That is why when we say we are starting church service at 7, don't think God appears at 8.30. He honors our time. Because he knows that his people are at one place and they are there at the same time. Amen. As the day of the Lord approaches, we cannot be isolated. It's not possible. If you isolate yourself and you are not always together with one another, you found yourself wanted. Amen. Remember that from the beginning, we all went away. The day man decided to go his own way, sin entered the world. Because the devil told, the devil told um, Eve, he said, don't mind God. God doesn't want you to be like him. In other words, he was, he was deceiving the woman to believe that God doesn't want you to be, to, to, to be united with him. And that the day you eat of it, you shall be like God and you know good from evil. Of course, the woman was thinking, well, if I don't need God to know what is good and what is evil, then why not? Let me give it a shot. There are a lot of people who think that, well, if I can work hard and earn money or make money, why then do I need God? Are you getting what I'm saying? They think that you don't need God where your strength can produce. They think you don't need God in the place where, oh, your efforts can do. You know there are some people, when they have money, they don't pray. Because they think that they have money to buy whatever they want. But when they don't have money, they begin to pray for money. Because they think that they need God to now help them out. Money does not answer to all things. And the reality is that the way people think about money is even dangerous. Because they think that when I have money, then I can do what I need to do. I don't need God to give me help if I have money to have the best of health care. I don't need God to... To give me a house if I have money to purchase it. The end game of life is not to have money. The end game of life is to have a relationship with God. You didn't hear what I said. When all is said and done, God wants you to have a relationship with Him. Isaiah 53. 
Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Amen. I read from verse number one. Isaiah 53 from verse number one. He said, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Who has believed that report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. And he has no form of comeliness. And when he saw him and we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. And he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely, he has borne our griefs. Very, very important. Jesus bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his wounds we have been healed. Now verse 6. Let's all read it together. All we like sheep have gone astray. And we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Oh, everybody turned to their own way. That is what happened when Adam said. When Adam said man went their own way. They started doing their own things. They started working. They were not together again. This one gets up and says, I am doing this my, my way. This one gets up and says, I am doing this my way. This one gets up and says, this is how I understand that this thing ought to be done. This one gets up and says, no, I am not interested in this. I am going my own direction. This one gets up and says, no, this is not what God is saying. There was confusion and misunderstanding everywhere because people did not know how to make God of unity. They make use of unity. They had stopped making use of God's unity. And now where the devil is found, there is always disunity. There is no togetherness. There is no oneness. There is always trouble in that place. Togetherness happens when we come together. Now listen. This is very important. Togetherness can only take effect beginning from the heart. When you find people not coming together in one place and at the time that God wants to meet us, there's something with your heart that is not supporting what God wants us to do. The heart is very important when it comes to us achieving togetherness. The heart is very important. Why? Because the Bible says in the book of Proverbs 4, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, everything takes place. The heart, is says, guard your heart. From out of it, everything of life flows. So if you are not, if your heart is not carrying the grace of the Lord to be at the place where God said we should be, we can never be together. So when you fix your heart, when your heart is yielding to the Holy Spirit, what is happening is that everything that God says we should do, you will find yourself in there. You will not be isolated. You will not find yourself where God is not. When God says we are moving in this direction, you are there. Because your heart has accepted that this is what God says we should do. First Thessalonians chapter 2. 
First Thessalonians chapter number two. First Thessalonians chapter number two. Sorry. First Thessalonians chapter number two. Now I read verse number seventeen. First Thessalonians chapter number two, verse number seventeen. It says, "But we, brethren." Having been taken away from you for a short time, in presence, not in heart, endeavored, endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Now, I chose this verse because I wanted to communicate something. Now, Paul had not been with the people of Thessalonica for a while. Yet when he wrote to them, he made them aware that yes i have not been with you for a while but not in their heart in other words see there are some people when they don't show up at church they are happy that they didn't come but here is a case that when paul was writing to that church he said listen even though i have not been with you for a while i have not been together with you in your fellowship and in the place of worship for a while but not in my heart because my heart is with you that's why I'm saying that when you are talking about being together with one another in the things of the Lord, it begins from the heart. Because when the heart is determined to do the things of God, when you are not found in the place that God is, let me tell you, you will not be comfortable. When the heart is not there, everything is normal. You don't see anything wrong with what is going on wrong. You don't see anything. After all, it's normal. No. But the moment your heart is in there, now the picture changes the picture changes amen matthew chapter 6 21 matthew 6 21 it says we all know that verse it says for where your treasure is there your heart will be also where is your treasure any place your treasure is your heart will be there if you find someone whose heart is not in the spirit of togetherness the person's heart is not there it's not it's not a bad or if there is no excuse to give when your heart is there i'm telling you church there is no if god says this is where we are the first your heart is there your treasure is there the treasure is what you value the most your treasure is the things that excite you your treasure is the is what you value everything about you is your treasure if your heart is not here your treasure will not be here examples of your treasure your time your resources your energy your mind these are all treasures when you find someone whose heart is not in a place when you tell it is time for us to give to do it say, oh, no no i'll not give because the heart is not there where the heart is you see the person display i'm telling you the heart is everything say the heart is everything when your heart is there nothing can stop you and nothing can obstruct you and i pray for you that this year as we move together towards reaching the lord your heart shall be thick and involved in everything that we do in the mighty name of jesus the heart where your treasure is your heart will be there psalm 19 
Psalm chapter number 19. Psalm chapter number 19. Let's read the last verse. Look at what David prayed. Psalm 19 verse 14. He says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. What, what is in your heart? Ask your neighbor, what is in your heart? The things that are in your heart will show. If you are part of us or you are not part of us. But you have to fix the heart. Tell your neighbor, fix your heart. Because if there is no heart involved, let me tell you, we are meeting in Tamale in the next one week. You will not be there. I have this one to do. I have that one to do. I have this. I have to do this. I have to do. Many people ask permissions from their workplace and go for church conventions one week, two weeks. They don't lose their jobs. As for you, you are afraid to lose your job, so you don't lose it. Your heart is not there. When your heart is there, it doesn't matter what God says you should do. Anywhere God sends you, you shall go. You will be at that place at that same time. You will be together. So that God can move. Amen. Now five signs. That togetherness is not in the place. Five signs. Five signs. That the people are not together. In the church. One of the simple things that. Their heart is not in the place. One of the things is that their mind is not in the place. Number one sign is when you don't like coming to church, it's a sign that you are not being together with the rest. Those who don't like coming to church, they are carrying a sign of not being together. Or I can put it in a better way for all of us to get. When you don't like fellowship, when you don't like coming together to fellowship, yeah, there are some people that they find it so comfortable when they they are not part of what God is doing. They find it so comfortable, and it amazes me. And these are the same people. You know, don't think that it is only by prayer that God will transform your life. No, there are some people they think that everything is about prayer. They think everything is about prayer. Oh, let's pray, let's pray. How low can you be? So many people are praying but they don't have power. They are praying but nothing is happening. No. You must always show up when God is asking us to show up. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10, 25. Oh, let me say, let's start reading 24, 25. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. It says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as in the manner of some, but exalting one another, even so much as you see the day of the Lord approach. He said, We should stir up one another. Are you getting that? In other words, we should encourage one another to good works. Stir up. You must not be happy if someone doesn't show up in church. You must not be happy. You, you now some something must stir up your mind and say, Ah, why did this person come to church? Because you must go and you must.
must encourage the words that you must encourage people to do good works. Coming to church is part of the good works. Amen. And then when you are not coming to church, you are not offering regularly in church, it's a sign that you are not being part of the togetherness that God is building in the church. Because what, we, you know, what does the church mean? The church, the ecclesia of God, some are the called out ones. People that God has called out to come together to fulfill his glory and purpose. Amen. So every time you are together, you come together in fellowship, it is a sign that you understand the spirit of togetherness. Amen. Two. Another sign that you are not together is that when you don't partake in God's instructions, when you don't do what God says you should do, there are many people that are never interested in God's instructions. God says do this one. They will always do the opposite. Because it doesn't suit their canal narrative. There are people who say, God, God says we should fast. They say, ah, me, I cannot fast. Because the doctor says, if I, ha- if I fast, I will have stomach ulcer. There are some people who even say, who even go to the extent to say that, we are not supposed to fast because Jesus didn't say we should fast. People have all, you see, the, as long as the, the thing fits their carnal narrative, they are for it. So there are some believers, they are always excited when carnality is in the message. They don't like spirit, they don't like full those spiritual messages. And they think that it is too hard. They are behaving like in John chapter 6, when the people say this one is too hard to, to, to believe and work in it. There are many believers like that. They like the easy way. I call it the easy way. Because they think that, oh, this one, it is how we ought to do it. So let's do it like that. No. Instruction is key to your spiritual growth. Amen. And when you are together, okay, it is at the place where God releases his instruction. Like we have come to church. Church is a place God releases instructions. I always tell you that knowledge is not what you just know. As in awareness. I'm aware of it. No. Knowledge is instruction. Set of instruction given to you. If you are knowledgeable, then mean that you are, you are a person of instruction. Praise the Lord. When God tells you what to do, and then you heed to what he says you should do. You are showing a sign that ah, I am part of the of the fold. I am part of it. Are you here with me? Ask chapter number five. Ask chapter number five. Ask chapter number. Look at what happened to uh, Ananias and, and Sapphira. Now, don't forget that in the period of chapter, the church, you know, praying in togetherness. Let's read it. I want to show you the, the act of togetherness. Let's go to chapter 4. Let's start reading from chapter 4. And then we'll come to chapter 5. Acts chapter number 4 from verse 32. It said, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Togetherness. Neither did anyone say that any of the things that he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. 
when you are together, you don't say this is mine. Okay? You don't say this is mine. Everything is at the disposal. Amen. And with great power and and with great power, the apostles gave witnesses to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, with his translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at its apostles' feet. So mean that the apostles were encouraging the church members to go and sell their houses, sell their lands, and bring their proceeds to church. If let me let me say this thing that God says, shall you go and sell your house in your land and bring the money to church in this Facebook world, in this 21st century world, in this Twitter world, I'll be trending on television. I'll be trending on social media. Look at this apostle who says their church members should go and sell their houses and bring the money to church. But look at what happened in the Bible. I know people who have sold their houses and given it to the church and their life wasn't the same again. Not even in the Bible days, in our time. I've seen people who sold their lands, who gave their cars. You cannot do certain things with the heart of togetherness and not reap the fruit. The only way someone will not get anything out of what he does in this manner is when the heart is not involved. When the heart is not involved, your giving is not acceptable. He said, God loves a cheerful giver. How do you become cheerful in your giving? You become cheerful in your heart. Everything is coming from the heart. So when the heart is not involved in what you are doing, how do you expect God to be happy with it? So God told them, told the church, you are together, right? Okay. Let everybody sell what they have. Bring it. So that now, we don't want anyone to lack anything in the church. To bring it. Those who don't have will also have. And there's those who have will also not lack. There's a flow. There's an equity going on. Everything is flowing. And then it was so. And the church was booming. And the church was flowing. But today what do you see in the church? In our churches, some are rich. Some are poor. And there's nothing booming. A thing is not flowing. But if we are together, some people should not be poor whilst others are super rich. Everybody should not lack anything. That is the spirit of togetherness. When we come at one place and then we see that some, some, someone doesn't have something that will make his life joyful and great. As a church, as one body, as one people, we must move in there to support. Do you know why? Because he said, the Bible says, like a body. Have you seen the body? The human body. Do you know the human body is made up of so many organs, tissues, and cells? And the Bible says, each one is playing their role so that your body can walk, your body can sit, your body can function. 
Do you know why people fall sick? People fall sick because some aspect of their body is not functioning well. Something in their body is not functioning. So now the body is sick. Are you getting it now? Are you getting a picture? That is why when someone is not doing what he or she is supposed to do in the church, the church always is affected. The church is affected. But if all of us, we are together, one place, at the same time, God has brought us together for a purpose, and we are all playing our role. You are singing. You are ushering. I am pastoring. I am attending meetings. I am doing this. You want to see that everything is going to move in harmony. Are you here with me? Togetherness is the catalyst for growth. Togetherness is the catalyst for growth. Now let's go to chapter 5. Let's go to chapter 5. Now, after the apostles have released this spirit of togetherness into the church, and then people were selling their houses, selling their lands, selling their possessions, and bringing the proceeds to the apostles to distribute, there were some people who thought they were smarter than the Holy Spirit. They said, nah, this one is too much. Ah, do you know how I struggled to build my house? Do you know what I went through? The bank loans, the this, the this. They will start recounting why they cannot do what God says you do. So in chapter 5, it says, verse 1, but, say but, the but refers to those who did not want to work according to the Spirit of God. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. It's not even say they sold all of their possession. They even sold one, eh. You know, they were so rich that they just sold one. They sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it. And brought a certain part. And laid it at the apostles feet. But Peter said. Ananias. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie. To the Holy Spirit. And keep back part. Of the price of the land. You, for yourself so he sold one of his lands while it remained was it not yours and after it was sold was it still not your own why have you conceived that this in your heart you have not lied to men but to god then ananias hearing these words fell down and breathed his last so great fear came upon all those who held these things? And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. And then the wife also came later. And you remember what happened? The wife also died. Now listen. The man of God said, Why did you conceive this thing in your heart? Meaning that they plan in their heart that they will not be part of what the Holy Spirit was saying. And Ananias said in his heart, I will never be part. Yes, I will sell. One of my lands, alright, but no way. I will not bring everything to the apostle. Ah, why should I do that? Uncle Jimmy. That's what he said. So in his heart, that's why I told you the heart is very important in togetherness, in achieving togetherness. So he said, no, I will not bring everything. And then he brought part. And the Bible said, ah, you have lied against the Holy Spirit, not against men. You see, anything that you do, that is from your heart. God looks at the heart, not at the appearance. So whatever you decide in your heart to do, 
you are doing it unto the Lord, not unto man. If you decide not to come to church, you are telling God, I will not come. It is not me that you are saying to ah, It is God you are telling. God will say, okay, I've heard you. You are telling me that you will not do it. No problem. At the right time, I will visit you. <laughs> Amen. Look at what happened. They went away from the plan of God. And something didn't happen. And something didn't happen. And Aeneas and Sapphira, they had the consequences. May your heart always be part of God's instructions. I said, may your heart always be part of God's instruction. What God says we should do, do it from your heart. Don't just sit down and not be part of it. If you are not part of it, let me tell you, you will not reap the benefits and the rewards. In the name of Jesus. Another sign that you are not together is that when there is a lot of complaining, complaining, complaining. People like complaining when they are not together. They like complaining when they are not together. Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians chapter number 2. I read verse 14. Philippians chapter 2. I read verse number 14. It says, Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as light in the world. Say, so do all things without complaining. If you want to do something and you complain before you do it, there is no blessing. There are some people before, okay, please carry the, the bucket of water for me. Before they will do it, they have to say one or two things before they will do it. Oh, please do this for me. They will say one or two things before they will do it. There's no blessing in that. When you are together, when you come together, when we are all in the same place, and then God said, This is what we are doing. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord, for this one. And then you move in that direction. It's not a uh, how are we going to do when we don't have. We don't have what it takes to do it. What do you mean you don't have what it takes to do it? Do you think God does not know that you don't have what it takes to do it and then he told you to do what you say you do? No way. You are looking at your pocket. God is looking at his resources. He said, I will provide your needs according to his riches in glory. Not according to your bank balance. Not according to your properties. Not according to your wealth. It's according to his riches in glory. People think that they can, oh, God, God, God should tell me to do this because I have the money to do it. No way. When God tells you to give, don't think that he's telling you to do because you have money to do it. No way. He said, I don't have money to give. Who said you don't have money to give? There's something. Let me tell you, when they heart want to do something, there's a way you find out. I know it. Tell me who is here. That when you want to do something that your heart is so determined to do, you will not find a way to do it. The reason you are not doing it is not because you don't want to do it. It's because your heart is not just there. God tells you to give. And then you don't give. You don't respond to his word. It's because your heart was refusing to do it. That is a heart of disobedience. A hard heart. Many people are working in the churches. Right? They have a stubborn heart. Mouth full of complaining. Yet they always want God to do something for them. 
They want God to do something for them. They are praying every day. They are praying every day. But God tells them to do something. They are complaining. They won't do it. I look at some of these people. I say, you don't know what you are doing. Prayer is not everything. No. I just said it earlier on. Prayer is not everything. You don't open your mouth and be telling God, God, do God, 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 God. Every day, God, God, God. Have you sat down to ask God, God, what should I do? God, what should I do? God, tell me what to do. Many people don't ask God like that. They just open their mouth. 32. God, do this for me. Give me marriage. Give me money. Give me this. Listen to what God says you do. And when he tells you to do it, don't complain. Don't dispute it. The word disputing means arguing. Ha! I didn't God know that I don't have money. And he told the apostle to tell me to sow that seed. Hey, I'm a messenger. Apostle simply means a messenger. <laughs> I am a messenger. Don't, don't, don't even eat me up before you. If you eat me up before you meet the one who sent you, you are in trouble. Just do it. Tell your neighbor, just do it. Stop complaining. You say, the ushers, you are wearing this uniform. You say, ah, I don't have you, Yeah, you know you don't have it. Go and get it. There are some people, they have something to say about everything God says we should do. Complaining, disputing, unnecessary argument. It should not work like that. It must not work like that. How can you be together and then everything God says we should do, you have something to say against it? That's a bad spirit. Are you here with me, somebody? But the moment your heart and your mind, we are all together. And so we are heading towards this direction. And then you say, if God says it, so shall it be. Or let it be done. You see how you're going to produce results. It's my prayer that from today, if there's any complaining in your heart, it will leave you in the name of Jesus. Complaining is not good. I'm telling you, complaining is not good. Everything you are supposed to do, do it. As you are doing it, God is blessing you. you, you have, we saw what we just read. Let me read it again. He said, do all things without complaining and disputing. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a perverse and crooked generation. In other words, the one who is crooked is the one who likes complaining. The one who is faulty, if you are at fault, it's because you like complaining. Simple, simple things. Don't complain. Don't have something to say about everything. That is not from God. The Bible says we should be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to become angry. You say everything you open your mouth, you say something. I, I just don't get it. Some people, their, their mouth always want to run. Keep quiet. And God says, do it. He's not trying to destroy you. He's telling you a secret that you may not know. A secret that will bring you prosperity. A secret that will bring you a place of abundance. Do everything without complaining. It is to do some things. Especially when they come to the church. Do all things. All things. Not some things. I shared a, a, a video in the, on the church WhatsApp page. Talking about instructions. Instructions. There are some people, you give them last minute instructions. They say, ah, but you told me to do this thing earlier on. Why have you changed it? So why shouldn't it be changed? Is it, so because... You said you should sow red top in the morning and in the evening we say sow black. Does it mean that 
you cannot do. You should do it. Do all things without complaining. You see, the nature of the carnal man is that everything you say the nature that person should do, he has something to say. I will not do it. They like arguing. They like complaining. They like always disputing. And as a child of God, never cultivate the habit of disputing. Never argue. Never argue. If the Bible talks about those who are even slaves, servants, he say, as servants, do unto your masters as you would unto the Lord. Amen. I've said with you some time ago that if you know your place, when you know your place, it's very, very easy for you to enjoy life. Amen. Another sign that there's no togetherness, when there's no joy, when there's no joy, lack of joy is one of the biggest testament that there is no togetherness. Amen. When there is no togetherness, there is lack of joy. Nehemiah 8 is a verse that we have read a lot this time. Nehemiah 8 and 10, it says, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portion to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. They go your way. Go your way. Prepare for those who don't have togetherness. Go and call those who don't have. Share with them. Let's be together. And then the joy of the Lord is your strength. Are you here with me? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Every time joy is available. It's a sign that there's togetherness. Amen. Because when people are not full of joy, they are always bitter. They are always grumbling. They are always, they are always frowning their face. Oh, when we have gathered, having a powerful discussion, they'll be standing isolated. Oh, then they have their hands frowning. Doesn't work like that. Amen. Doesn't work like that. At the end of the day, God wants his joy. To flow. So, what the strength of people who are together is that when the joy of what is at stake is in the house, it is our strength. Oh, let's go for evangelism. You don't say, I mean, let me, I don't know how to talk. Uh, some of you, since you joined this church, you have never invited anybody to church before. Never said the gospel with anyone. Every day you come, you see, you are breaking the chain. No. The joy of doing what God said we should do. It's what must guide you. I don't think that you are more fine than anybody in the church so much that you don't have what it takes to go and speak to someone about Jesus. No way. Praise the Lord. We should move in joy. The joy of the Lord is your word. The joy of the Lord is your word. It's our strength. Amen. Five. Another sign that there's no togetherness is when there's a lot of conflict. Conflict. First Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians chapter number three. First Corinthians chapter three. I read from verse number one. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people. 
but as to cannon, as to babies in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still cannon. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another says, I am of Paulos, are you not carnal? So conflict, division comes when people are not together. And thank God that we are the straight life people. So I can talk to you as a spiritual person. In that, when we are spiritual, we always want to give the bond of togetherness. Praise the Lord. We always want to keep the bond of togetherness. When people are not together, that is why they say, Oh, me, I don't want to be part of this. Me, I want to be part of this one. Who said you should be part of this one? So far as we are together in that same place, and God says we are doing it this way, you don't have your own idea to execute. It's what God said we should do. Whether it is, you see, some people think that they are smarter than what God says we should do. No way. It may not even look nice in your eyes. It may not even sound very appealing to your ears, but just do it. Imagine when the Holy Spirit told Jesus, spit into the ground, mix it with the sand, and put it on the blind eye. Imagine. Imagine. God telling you to do this thing. It doesn't really sound nice. Why should I spit and mix the sand and put it on someone's eye and the person will see? I mean, when you think about it with your candle, you might think this one is something too far to do it. But Jesus did it. And when he did it, what happened? A miracle happened. I think that's what I'm saying. So when God says, my people, go this way and do it this way, you don't say, oh, me, I, would, I, I won't do it like this. Me, I'll do it this way. God says we are going to have a crusade somewhere. Let's all travel in one bus. It's for a reason. He said, no, you take the lead. I'll come with my own bus. That is absolutely wrong. Conflict. Today, this one says, I've done this. This one is this. This one says, conflict is because the people are not together. And when we are hot, are together in what God says we should do. There's no room for conflict. Amen. Are you here with me? So, having seen why lack of togetherness happens in a place, I want to share with you six benefits of being together. I want to give you six benefits so that from today you'll fix your heart. You will not be anywhere that God is not. Your heart will not accommodate anything that is not from what he's given us in the church. Amen. One, when we are together, the power of God flows. Amen. The power of God flows anywhere there's togetherness. As soon as we gather in the name of the Lord, power flows. Acts chapter number 2. Acts chapter number 2. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven, and as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Bear in mind, in Acts chapter number 1, verse 8, Jesus said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit came. So now, when they came together in one place, 
The power of God now was released. The power of God did not go to Peter's house first and went to um, James' house, went to Bartholomew's house, went to. Uh, uh, uh. He said, No way. I don't do my test like that. Come together. When you're at one place, one heart, ready to receive it, my power will come. And then when they came together, the power came. That is why you cannot afford to stay away from, from church. When you come to church, you receive what you will not receive when you are in the house. Are you here with me? When you come to church, you receive the power. The power that is flowing, you get some and then you take it home to go and live your life. So many people are lacking power in their, in their Christian life because they don't like being together. They always want to do their own things. They always want to go their own way. They listen to the advices of men instead of listening to the, the words of the Lord. Whether you are doing business, whether you are whatever you are doing, you come to church and then you tap into the flow of the power of God. What did Jesus say in Matthew 18 20? Let's, let's read it quickly. Matthew 18 20. He says, And again, he said to them, 19 20, sorry. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. So, how can Jesus be here this morning and then power will not flow? It's not possible ability it's not possible when we come together you see god god likes he said how pleasant it is when what god's people dwell together in unity god always wants us to be together he wants us to come together because he flows among his people when we are together he doesn't like me i want to be here i want to be there i want to be there no come together some people can come to church in person but they say oh, let me stay at home and watch online so if there was no online service, what are you going to do? You can't. And you're partying. There's a reason we, we go online. We go online because of those who cannot. Those outside the country. Those who are very outside of Accra where we are. It's normal for them to join from online. Like you are here in Accra. You will not come. And then you say, so Apostle, Hey, please pray for me. Now I'm praying for you. When you come to church, you come and pray yourself. You come and the power of God will help you in the time of your need. Amen. Two. The benefits of togetherness. Manifestation of God's love happens when we are together. Manifestation of God's love when we are together. John 13. John chapter number 13. Now let's read from verse number 31. John 13 from verse 31. It says, So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Little children, I say, Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, and that you also love one another. 
By this will all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So, in the spirit of togetherness, togetherness, the love of God flows. I got what I'm saying. When we are not together, the love of God cannot ooze because you see, the love of God comes from God. Are you here with me? Yes. We have always have to be together so that we can flow in the love of God. You're going to learn more about the love of God in my, in my new book coming up next month. James chapter number 2. James chapter number 2. I read from verse number 15. Sorry, 14 is there. Sorry. James chapter number 2, verse number 14. It says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can faith save him if a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food? And one of you says to, to them, Depart in peace, be warm, and be filled. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? That's also faith by itself. If it does not have works, it's dead. Someone will say, I have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Amen. So you see, when we are together, Ezekiel cannot come to you and say, okay, my brother, I don't have food to eat. And then all that you say is that, okay, you know what? It is well with you. Go. No. The spirit of togetherness is always flowing in the love of God. So much that when someone is, is lacking something, you are always at hand to help. Amen? Now, three benefits of togetherness. The third one is said that, it said that when you walk, when you are with together, there's always a support. When we are together, there is a support system when we are together. Because we are helping one another stand. When people are not together, you are dying alone. Now people are suffering alone. But they don't have anyone to help them out. Suffering alone. Praise the Lord. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter number 4. Ecclesiastes chapter number 4. I read from verse number 9. He said, Two are better than what? Ecclesiastes 4. I read from verse 9. He said, Two are better than what? Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, who can withstand him? And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Did you see that? When we are together, we are stronger, isn't it? So that support system is there. You every day you want to be anchored. You want to be working alone. Oh, I want to do this alone. I don't want anyone to know what I'm doing. I don't want to say anything. You'll be there and suffer alone. And then they will end up blaming being the pastor. Now the man of God doesn't think about them. Doesn't pray. Oh! We are together. 
in this Christian world. In this life of the spirit, we must work together. Don't try and isolate yourself. Isolation is not from God. Amen. When you fall, because we are together, someone can encourage you and hold you up and say, that is not the end of the story. Your tomorrow will be better. A lot of people are paying big money just for people to encourage them. Or you don't know. Those who go for counseling and they go for they are paying big money just for someone to look into their eyes and say, It is well with you. But you have a free of charge in the church. There are some people they have been in this church for a long time. They don't have any friend in the church. They don't have any telephone number of anybody. They, they will fall into church and fall out. As soon as we close, they are in a hurry to move. You don't know any church member here. You don't know anyone. You don't have any friends in church. All your friends are gossips. You are attending church. All your friends are husband snatchers. Who is going to help you when you fall? <laughs> now who is going to help you? You have to be together with spiritual people. So that if one day, unfortunately, you fall, you find a spiritual person helping you to stand. May you stand in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Surround yourself with godly people. Tell your neighbor, surround yourself with godly people. Yeah. Don't try and surround yourself with people who like to give, you know, worldly advices. I saw a video. A, a mother advising a daughter who was going to marry. So when you're going to marriage, you should become like a fool. That, that, is that how you say? Oh, so be a Jimmy for is, is it fool in English? I, I don't know. Is that fool? Uh, right. You should be like a fool. He says sometimes you should intentionally be like a fool. That you as you are going, you won't come back with your problems. I looked at the video and said, This man is this woman is prayers. Praise the Lord. We have to be together. Say we have to be together. Two is always better than one. That's why Jesus said, Where two or three gather in my name, I am there. Yes, see, God is with you because you are with the others. You didn't hear what I just said. I said, God is with me and he's with you as a person because we are together with one another. Are you here with me? Amen. The fourth benefit is that there is spiritual fellowship and growth when we are together. Spiritual fellowship and growth when we are together. Praise the Lord. Spiritual fellowship and growth when we are together. Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs 27. I read verse number 17. Proverbs 17. Sorry, 27 verse number 17. It says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Did you see that? As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. There's growth. There's fellowship. There's promotion. There's lifting up. When we are together. When you see your brother not having a cheerful face when he came to church, 
because we are together. Say, oh, bro, how is, what is happening? Is everything okay? See, and then you cause the person to smile. Some of you, the person has found his face standing there alone. He said, no, the why are you I don't want to approach him so that why walk. No. It is your duty to make people cheer up. Amen. Togetherness always. See, God doesn't want people to feel sad. Sorrow is not a fruit of the spirit. Joy. For everywhere we find togetherness, what is happening is that God wants everybody to be full of joy, cheering up, fellowship. What is fellowship? Koinonia. Participation. Being interested in, in one, someone's business. You know, some people say, oh, let me mind my own business. No. In the church, we mind other people's business. Yeah, in the church, in the church, we don't do mind my own business. Oh, no way. In the church, because if I mind my own business and you are dying, how can I be of help to you? I must be interested in what is going on in your life. I must be. And you must be interested. Don't just come to church only seeking what oh God do for me. Business breakthrough. Money this, 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 this. this. You are only thinking about yourself. The Bible says we should regard your neighbor higher than even yourself. So when we are together, oh, when we close, ask your brother, your sister, how is everything? How is work? How is the business going? How is the family going? Be interested in someone's business. That people be interested in your business. Every day you don't care. You don't care what's he said. Oh, me, let me let me sit in my corner. I don't want to go and say, No, 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 no. In the church, when we are together, your business is my business, my concern is your concern. We move together as two people so that we can achieve the glory of God. And I pray that this shall be your story this year in the name of Jesus. Too many people are working singles in this in this world and in the church. It's very dangerous. Fellowship, participation, being part, taking part and growth. If you care so much about your neighbor, if someone doesn't come to church, you pick your phone and you call. Oh, Charlie, I didn't see you in church. What happened? Oh, Charlie, God will you. Church was powerful. God will next we come. Oh, you don't have transport. Oh, I'll, I'll send you some momo. You see, this is how we live together. So, if you read the Bible, there's a word that is not often used. Even in the world, people see that word as an evil word. But it's in the Bible. It's the word brotherhood. You see, when you hear the word brotherhood, sometimes people... It's an evil word because this word the cults they like using the cults like using the brotherhood the the all those people they, so when you say but brotherhood that word is in the and it means something very significant it means that you see when we are together and we do things so much together that there's nothing that can break us God wants us to be together so much that the bond of unity and togetherness can never be broken he said a cord of three threads. It's so stronger that it cannot be broken. Nobody can break us if we are together. We can be broken if you want to face the problem alone. Whatever you are going through in your life, please don't sit on it in your homes and be crying alone. Bring it to the table. And see, don't also sit, sit down for someone to bring their problem. When you are, when you are at the front foot, foot and you are always checking up on people, asking people how they are faring, checking up on them, praying for them, you're going to know what is going on wrong in their lives. Are you here with me? So it is a two-way thing. It says, as iron sharpened iron, so do we sharpen the countenance of our brothers and sisters. Let this be what is happening in this church this year. 
let's be interested in one another's affairs let's always be there for one another in the mighty name of jesus five a last but one point now we already saw earlier on that one of the signs of a place where there's no togetherness is conflict so when there's togetherness conflicts are destroyed that is our fifth point Togetherness destroys conflict and brings understanding. It destroys conflict and brings understanding. Amos chapter 3, one of a, a very popular scripture, Amos chapter 3 in the Old Testament, verse number 3, it said, Can two walk together? Can two? Walk together unless unless they are agreed. Will a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Will a young a, a young lion cry out of his den if he has caught nothing? Can two walk together unless they agree? They must do it. So you see, when there's togetherness, people can walk together. Amen. When there's togetherness, people can walk together. People can go far. And they can do so much for the Lord. Are you here with me? Say, togetherness destroys conflict. Say it well. Togetherness, it destroys conflict. And the last thing, last benefit when we are together is that togetherness brings us to the point of giving willingly. So when you are part of the fold, you are able to give willingly. When your heart is involved, in what we are doing you'll be able to give willingly as we saw it in Acts chapter number two let's go back to Acts chapter two Acts chapter number two Acts chapter number two i read from verse number 43 then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles now all who believed were together and had all things in common and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need so how come they were able to sell their possessions it's because they were together People are not willing to give because they don't want to be part of God's agenda. I will not force you to give if you're having the heart of togetherness. When we are all together, we are all in one place. And we are doing the great things for the Lord. Nobody will force you to give. No way. God loves a heart that gives willingly. Nobody should force you to give. No, no, no. He said, whatever you give must be prepared in your heart. I must not force you. No way. Well, if God says, if someone can give this amount of money, it's not a force. I'm not, it's not, we are not forcing you to give. If you know your heart and you are preparing your heart that you can give such an amount of money, why, why should that be a force? We are not coercing anyone. To get that next bridge with, oh, we are going to, we're going to buy, okay, let's say we bought a, a piece of land, we're going to build a church building. Oh, this one gets up, no, I'll give this thing, I'll sow this one, I'll give this one, yes. Is because we are together in one purpose. 
when you find people who are not part of the togetherness in the house, when they say, let's give, they say, ah, I won't give. Ah, every day is all about giving, 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 giving. We are tired of giving. We are tired of giving. No way. You cannot be tired of giving. Tell your neighbor, you cannot be tired of giving. If there is anything at all, you must, you must grow in your giving. Last year, some of you are still repeating the offerings you have been giving last year. You were giving 5, 5, 10, 10, 20, 20. This year, you must, you must increase the level. You cannot be giving the same level. Your levels must change. Amen. Yeah. People are not willing to give. You see, that is why I remember one day, Reverend Ishud Anaba was, was teaching. And he said, even though he does not like what some of these, you know, what we call these guys, these prophets, okay, have been doing, sometimes he also blames the church members. When you tell the church members to give, they will never give. So they will tell you, come and buy pure water. When they sell you the pure water for 500 cities and they tell you that that water will give you triplets in the next six months, not even nine months, you go and buy it. When they tell you, come and buy this, this uh, incense, this incense for 1,000 Ghana, and that you will get breakthrough, you go and buy it. But when they tell you, give, and that God will open doors for you, you think that one is not powerful enough? They, people are looking for you to add certain things before they are moved to give. No way. A willing giver does not need any enticement. All that is looking for is the word of instruction. God says, let's give. Ah, okay, I have this to give. I am giving. May this be your life this year in the name of Jesus. Be a willing giver. Because we are together. We have so much to do this year. As a church, we have so much to do. No, God is just starting with us. That is why our greetings this year, preparation, and our response, we walk by faith, not by sight. You must understand it. If you're going to walk by sight, you'll get confused. You are living by faith. But God is building a church into another level that will blow people's mind. And we need willing givers to be part of it. Yes, a lot of the things that we're going to do, we need money to do it and all of that. God has supplied us. And he needs willing hearts to be part of it. Not people who are always you know, complaining and grumbling and holding back what they have. He said when they were together, people went and sold what they have. This year, may you be a willing giver so much that Charlie, you'll be ready to sell things just to give to the Lord. You will say a better amen. Give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Many times I've given things to the Lord and I've never thought twice. I never, never thought twice. There are people, before they will give, they have to put the pen and the paper. Hey, if I give this one, how much will be left? When I give it, hey, Charlie, uh, the, the kids' school fees are there. Someone gave, I remember one day wanted to do something, and someone went to, to, to take a child's school fees and brought it and gave that money. Serious, serious giving. And she came to testify that when she did that, school fees, she gave it. When she did that, God blessed her and, you know, restored her with something big. You think that when you are willing to give a God will not respond to you. He will respond. Respond. That's why I said earlier on that so far as your heart is involved, nothing can stop you. The reason you are hesitant to give is that your heart is not fully here. Your heart is, some of you, 55%. Some 75%. But those whose hearts are inside 100% and they are enjoying from the spirit of togetherness. Everything that God said we should do, you are part of it. 
And I pray that you shall be part of God's agenda for the year. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for being a part of today's message. This program was brought to you by the friends and partners of the Spirit Life people. For further information, kindly visit us at www.thespiritlifepeople.com or subscribe to our podcasts and YouTube channels or find us on all major social media platforms. Stay blessed and always remember that in Christ Jesus, we are free.